Hey, uh, hey, Anthony, do you like do you like my new shirt? Sure, man. It's cool. It could have been better. What was that? I said it could have been better. You want to fight about yeah, it? Yeah, I do. Let's go, chump. <laughs> Hold on a second. We don't need to fight. We don't? All you need to do is go to 86.com and choose from one of their many designs. Franchises range from Skullgirls to Street Fighter and even Blaze Blue. And if you check out 86 through this Twitch channel, use 86.com slash question mark AFF equals four to let them know that Mission Star Podcast sent you. guys it is tuesday it is it is a tuesday we've recently changed our date from wednesday to tuesdays because reasons um and i like to and I just like to point out i like the fact that we almost have made a change to our podcast stream for almost every day of the week the only days left is monday and friday <laughs> and thursday <laughs> so uh, yeah, so, uh, welcome guys, welcome to another, uh, let me repeat that, welcome to another episode of Mission Star Podcast, I am your host, Anthony Bionis, and uh, with me to talk about all sorts of games, all sorts of stuff, all sorts of, uh, what have nots, uh, now other than Greg Dietz. It was Shadow Warrior 2. Oh, okay, gotcha, thanks. Yeah, 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 you guys should join us on the pre-show. I, 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 I would like to imagine somebody just listening to the main podcast and you saying that and they're like, what? What would I miss? What the fuck? <laughs> 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 so, yeah, if you guys are not, if you guys listen to the main podcast, we do a pregame show so we get warmed up for the main podcast where we talk about lots, lots of stuff. Um, so, but since all of you are here for the main, the main deal, the main shindig. Let's uh, let's take let's take a word from uh, Philly D. Let's just jump into it. Um, okay, so first story of the day, which I will go ahead and do this. Haha. Okay, so a little game came out recently called Devil May Cry 5, and if you have seen my reactions to E3 during the announcement. As Greg can attest, and also Josh, or was it Valer, who was very annoyed when that happened. Uh, I was very excited about the game. Um, so I uh, bought the game recently, and I played, I'm up to chapter 11, or mission 11, uh, I should take the back, mission 12. Um, so I played about a good half of the game, and uh, Devil May Cry 5, short version, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's super cool. Uh, long version. So the game uh, takes place after four. Um, with some of the characters coming back, uh, you have Nero, you have Lady, Shut you have. The fuck up, Anthony. <laughs> Five takes place after four. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it takes place after four uh, years later, uh, and you have you you have your, new, your your returning characters. You have Nero, you have Lady, you have Trish, you have Dante, uh, all back together because there's no there's some. Uh, new big bad they got to fight against. Um, but they brought in some new characters. Uh, B is a new character as well as Nico um, as well, who is the... Nico is basically... Uh, she makes arms or these gauntlets for uh, Nero because uh, in the trailers, as, as you might have seen, Nero lost his arm. So Nero has this like uh, devil bringer. That's what they call him. But, like, he has a mechanical arm um, that Nico makes uh, different type of weapons for so he can go and fight demons. Um, so yeah, like the game is, uh, pretty fun. Uh, it is very much in the same vein as Devil May Cry 3. Uh, it, it definitely harkens back to the combo heavy things you can do. You don't have to play it that way, but, uh, it, the game is very open for you to play one way or the other. If you want to kind of mash buttons and go to the game, you can. If you want to 
play the game as if it was like a fighting game uh combos galore like you can do all sorts of things and you can combine uh certain different uh different things to your repertoire um it's been really fun in that aspect and every and the thing though that's a little challenging for me when I'm playing it is that every character ha is different. So as we see on screen, Nero is very much like like he was in, in Death May Cry 4, where um, he has very interesting combos with his arm. He can grab you in. He has uh, some uh, special abilities with each arm. Each arm does something different. So one of the arms can literally toss the person around and like just th throw it on the. Uh, uh, thank you, Ray. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it was very funny to me how you pronounce <sighs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, Ryan. Hey, Valerio. How's it going, guys? Um, but yeah, essentially, yeah. So he, he has his one of his arms that he you can uh, throw an enemy from across the, the, the room. Um, or another one where literally, like, if you use it, it will heal, heal yourself and so on. So Nero's very, very much uh, is... Uh, the way that his combo system works is very much uh, like like a fighter, where he'll he'll pick you up, he'll keep combing until you don't want to do it anymore, um, and so on. Uh, with V, V is very interesting because like he's a different type of character. He, what he does is he doesn't attack. He can I, can I ask you? Can I ask you what he does from just his visual style? Yeah. Um, he shops at Hot Topic, right? Exactly. Yes. Okay. <laughs> he's the one looks like Kyle Rin, pretty much. Um, right. So the funniest joke that I heard about his character was while watching Djibouti Dubs play it. Djibouti had the best fucking reaction to his character because Justin, he goes, oh, my God, this guy, he looks like just just like the guy from uh, Grandma's Boy. And then uh, I don't remember who the guy was sitting next to him. was like, who again? He's like, you know, the guy that was like, please sit on my face. <laughs> right, right, right. I fucking lost it. I was laughing so hard because it was just like, it's true. He looks just fucking like him. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. He reads he reads poetry. Like, uh, <laughs> he quite yeah. like, reads poetry. Like, you can even, at some point, like, his top movie, he'll, he'll read poetry as you're walking around while his uh, enemies or while his companions fight for him. Um, but V is very different because with V, um, you're controlling two animals at the same time, sometimes three, uh, where he, on one button, like, you have the X button dedicated to the bird. On the white button, you have dedicated straight for the for the uh, for the panther, and there are move sets for both characters. Uh, it's he's like honestly, I he's probably one of the hardest characters I played, and it's very at times I'm mashing, but at times when you do mash or it looks cool, like it looks pretty awesome. And at some point, I got like a triple S with him. Um, and with his devil trigger, he can summon a big golem that comes down through from from meteor, and uh, basically just wreck shit just lasers everywhere it's really cool looking it's really cool looking um but v is a very much he does not attack his his uh his animals attack for him the only the only uh thing he does physically is whenever you kill an enemy he has to come in and uh kill him with his cane to get the kill that's his only way to kill an enemy uh it does not uh die typically with just the minions themselves and then Dante is basically your Dante from the Death of My Cry 3. Um, the only difference is when when it comes to some of his movesets or common, some of the stuff that you remember last time you play him uh, is that his movesets are unlocked once you get enough orbs to unlock uh, future movesets for uh, Trickster, for Royal Guard, and whatnot. And very much there are moves from previous games that will be unlocked at the more orbs you get. And one of the things I should mention is the way that the the currency in this game works, as well as getting back life, is you is you uh, get red orbs. Um, you still have um, uh, gold orbs where you can get will revive revive you, and as well as uh, revive or, or replenish your ammo as well. But uh, when it comes to the uh, the the money situation in this game, it's all red orbs. And you use that to buy everything to revive back if you died uh, with a certain amount of health back um, and so on. So you kind of have to pick and choose where you want to spend your red orbs because they also vary. They carry they carry on to the next character. So if you spend a lot on Nero, you won't have enough for V. Or you spend a lot on V, but you can't uh, get back a lot, a lot of uh, health when you die. Um, so that's 
how it works when it comes to the um, to the game with but it's a uh, it's money um, also fun fact um, and I'm not sure I'll show in the video but I uh, when I died um, there was a point where if I if you don't have enough red orbs uh, you can go back to the last checkpoint and try to beat whatever you just uh, tried to beat more likely a boss or uh, a section of the game but if you want to continue but you don't have enough of uh, the orbs to uh, revive at that given moment it sends to it sends you to a um, a uh, at least on PC the Steam page for Capcom uh, and it's a microtransactions in that aspect it's basically uh, in the arcade to put a quarter in to continue playing that aspect that mindset so there are microtransactions in this game only if you want to pay him if you want to keep going and you don't have enough red orbs. So, um, it is... Wait, in... so you money for red orbs? Yes, if you want to. Huh. So, you can buy red orbs or, or and or just kind of uh, use it to... Better, yeah, red orbs to revive. Yeah, so that is probably like the only microtransaction I've seen thus far playing the game. Um, outside of that, the game looks gorgeous. As you can see in the video, it's fucking looks very awesome it's kind of it's it takes a much more realistic approach than its anime counterparts in previous games so it's i like it it's cool it's let, me, let me ask you this so one of the things i really liked about bayonetta was the ability to play the game the way that i wanted to play it and what i mean by that is like if i just want to have fun by mashing like two buttons over and over mm -hmm. while going through an area and playing on easy and not really dying but paying attention to the story can i do that yeah absolutely and the story, like, it, it, you can follow the story pretty well, even if you have not played the previous games. Like, even they, they would have to make the game uh, a little bit more cohesive and coherent um, than just making it a direct sequel because of, you know, circumstances. Absolutely. It's, I would also, it was also kind of feel the same about Kingdom Hearts 3 as to this. Like, you don't really need to play the previous games to know what's going on. Like, there's already a story in place. And you kind of have an idea of who's who uh, in this game, and it, I, I would argue, I would argue that with Kingdom Hearts three, you absolutely needed to. But as I played through Kingdom Hearts three, ah, uh, okay, well, give yeah, give, give, give him a point, give him a point. Yes, um, they also have an option in the beginning of the game uh, or in the menu where you can actually watch the history of DMC and it'll explain to you the the storyline of, of what happened. Uh, That's what Kingdom Hearts three needed. I mean, they kind of <laughs> had it. Mm -hmm. Doobie Doob Doob kind of had it, but it wasn't very uh, cohesive. Yeah. It wasn't very coherent. It was just kind of like, this is a vague idea of what happened. It's like, all right. Mm -hmm. But overall, uh, so far, and I'm like halfway through the game, it's really fun. <laughs> I, I really, really, really enjoy it. Um, so. Yeah, I'll be renting it eventually and playing it. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's super fun. So I'm, I'm digging the hell out of it. And. Uh, Will I play it again in the future when I beat it? Maybe. Maybe. I, I might. Depending on if there's more DLC and whatnot coming to the game. But fucking A, man. Um, Capcom's been hidden out of the park recently. Uh, they... Well, if you notice what they're doing, look at all the games that, that they've made that are killing it right now. They're remakes or sequels. And when you play them, they are spiritually the same as the past. Like what made them their money. Yeah, I think someone put it put it best. Like the these games remind me of like classic PS2 or classic games they did prior, and uh, it 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 works. Like it, it, with, with some modernization with these games, they've uh, definitely uh, went back to the formula. You know, went back to basics. The only one that I would say, the only one I would argue is more modern than the rest is uh, the remake for for uh, uh, Resident Evil Two. Yes. But even that, Resident Evil 2 plays like Resident Evil 4. Yes. So it's like, it's it's still like they're they're hitting it out of the park because they're making games that they know will work. That's mm. that's literally it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there's criticism to be had in that regard. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they shouldn't do that. I'm just saying like, I think gamers need to get a grip and be more willing to play what is new versus play what's new slash old uh yeah. yes 
Meaning that when Capcom would try to do something new and put out a new game, uh, it would fail because there were a lot of people who didn't want to play a new game from I tell, Capcom. Are you talking about DMC? Kind of. Okay. I, I, I can go as far if you, with that. The only reason why... And here's my argument. I'm going to make this quick because I've kind of been over time on this one. Um, DMC is a good game. I liked it. Um, it definitely took a different direction and it is Ninja Theory's take on the Devil May Cry series. The reason why people hate that game is because of two reasons. One, it was not Devil May Cry that people know and love um, and, expect, and expected. Uh, and because of that, they disliked the game because of it. Um, and that was actually the main reason. I can't, I forgot what the second reason why they didn't like it, but basically it was just that. It wasn't, it wasn't what they wanted. Um, and the game was good. Like, DMC is a good game. Um, and I, I definitely would rank it in... I think I had an argument with this, too. Like, I like I would rank it, like, above 2 and, like, between that and 4. Because they they're both are really good games, but, like, they're very close, in my opinion. So, <laughs> Mega Man Legends. <laughs> Let's see how they... Well, I, I mean... I think you're going to see from Capcom a lot more of this stuff. Like, you're going to see a lot more games coming out that play, like the early days because they, they they made their money that way you know they they that's that's how people know this brand and so i guarantee you like at e3 we're gonna get something that's just like hey do you remember okami and then they're gonna make an okami possibly i i think it's like capcom is hitting out of the park recently but like the one section they're still really really struggling with is the fighting game division they didn't get that in order. Um, they'd be look. They'd be looking much more prettier than they are right now. Oh yeah, they're gonna bring someone in that's gonna make fucking uh, Street Fighter Six play like Street Fighter Two. They're going to. Yeah, we'll and see. People are lose their goddamn minds. It's gonna make a billion dollars. It's gonna be a whole thing. We'll see. I don't, you know, like like Ryan in chat says, uh, cough Mega Man Legends because Mega Man Legends is a is a franchise that kind of died real foot real fast. Never got its like third game, mm-hmm. and there's a whole like slew of people who've been wanting that game. Um, I don't think that that Capcom is going to make a Mega Man Legends three. Uh, what I think they'll do first is see if there's a see if, if there's a audience for it by releasing a special edition of kin or of uh, of Mega Man Legends one and two and the Adventures of Tron Bond much like they did the other Mega Man games, and then see if there's an audience for it. And if there's an audience for it, like there was clearly for Mega Man 11, then we'll get it. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on to our next story at hand. And this, this is not from me, but this comes from PCGamer.com, written by Andy Chalk. Google teases its vision for the future of gaming at Kino at GDC. Earlier today, we got a look at a patent filling filing from Google for a controller notification system that will inform users when their online pals are getting up to things. It's all very vague, and in fact, Google emphasized that the accompanying illustration is not representative of the actual device, but only intended to provide a quote a fundamental understanding of the disclosed or of the disclosed subject matter and the various ways in which it may be practiced, unquote. We speculated that the filing might be related to whatever it is that Google expected to announce during the GDC keynote next week, a keynote that the company is now teasing for a brief new video that is even less informative than the patent filling. There's a stadium tunnel, a backstage hallway, a cavern, a garage, a cargo plane ramp, some king, some kind of fantasy fungus tunnel, a spaceship launch bay, and the crumbling castle corridor. The common theme being that in each of them are staging areas or portals through which you will step, uh, step on your way to more interesting places and things. Um, I totally forgot it was uh, it's happening next week. The uh, Google uh, GDC thing, um, but GDC. Is hinting at some. Here's here's what I'm gonna say because I feel like this is gonna. I feel like what we're gonna get out of Google is basically a device to stream your games from. That's. I think that's pretty much what, what is gonna happen. And unless 
Google comes in swinging saying, no, we're really in the game industry now. We're going to sign exclusives and whatnot and have games being ported onto our system and whatnot. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> I never thought I'd hear the phrase fantasy fungus tunnel. I know. It made me laugh. I was like, I read that and just started cracking up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Google is with this teaser that you've seen right now on screen. Like they are definitely, um, Oh, thanks. Thanks for the sub prime, man. Um, <laughs> like it is, it is definitely, Google is definitely, uh, teasing it and making it, and I want to make a statement, but like basically saying like, yes, we are entering the game industry. Yes. We are not, playing around this is for real we will show you next week um and not sure if you saw the the uh, the, the, the the controller that was out there um the patent for it which was basically a i should have brought the picture basically a white think of the white controller think of the 360 controller but uh the top is completely flat and the top of the buttons area was also very flat um so yeah like it's uh, again, I think that this is basically just a streaming box for for Google, and I think that's going to be again a lot of talk about streaming games uh, to consoles is becoming much much more of a conversation now than ever was. Um, yeah, I think you know, I don't I don't know I don't know if streaming boxes per se what they're trying to do. If you're talking about like streaming games, uh, or are you talking about streaming to like Twitch or something like that? Streaming games like. Uh, by basically being able to play games over an in, in internet um, and not and not downloading them or not owning them in that aspect but because that talk has definitely been picked up recently more so than ever especially with Microsoft with their new console that they with the discless console that they're talking about um, and that that's gonna have uh, all digital and it's gonna be just streaming games but also pretty much a download option I'm assuming but uh, the future and talk of games being uh, streamed over the internet to play, which on one side, that's really cool. It's so hard. That's so hard to do. Exactly. Because on one side, I like the idea. But on the other side, our internet infrastructure, I don't think supports it at that point yet because of the data caps, because of. Um, right. right. That's my that's my point. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, people want are going to want to play games in, in, in the highest quality that they can. 4K TVs are becoming cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So, to introduce a system, to introduce a console essentially, or a device that allows them to stream games, like it just it just doesn't it wouldn't work. It's like, you, like the, what they're going to have to do, Anthony, is basically create a. If they do this, they're going to have to have like a Game Pass sort of situation. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it I, I well, would not put past them to do that because that's another thing that's been popping up more and more recently too is like having games as a subscription service. Um, and we've seen the success of Game Pass with Microsoft and Google can definitely yeah, okay. go in that same direction. That, that, that phrase games as a subscription service is different than this because that, that term means like what WoW is, you know. Right. Well, I'm, I'm going to say like the platform using a subscription to play these games on. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, that they're going to have to do that. There's no other way around it. I they, think like I'm, if they want to fail, if they want to fail, they can do streaming games. But I'm very, otherwise. I'm very curious to see what they say next week regarding that and what information comes out of it. The one thing is. And I mean, this conversation has been brought up uh, once again, and just going to go back on it. Um, our, our, at least when it comes to United States, we have data caps depending on what your provider is. And um, as we've seen games get bigger and bigger, we get more gigs of space that use up, especially for day one downloads, especially for um, other games that might be huge. And it takes up a lot of data off your internet, um, which may, which some people may not have the option to do so, especially in other countries. Which yeah. their data caps may be it may be much more harsher than ours over here. So like, can it be done? Uh, technically, right now. yeah. Technically, yes. But like, we're still we're still working on our internet infrastructure when it comes to the U.S. Right, right. So, I mean, it can be done in in terms of technology. It's right. it's the issue of, like you said, like we have data caps. We have situations where. 
you know, like I only, I can only do, a th- uh, a th- I think a thousand gigabytes a month before it's like an overcharge sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is crazy when you think about it. Like a thousand gigs is not that much. Uh, and if I were to stream a game, uh, let's say a four a four K quality game, I'd use a huge chunk of that easily in easily. a night. Yes, absolutely. So at some point, I feel like it's going to come to two things. One, when we're talking about the internet future, we're talking about, you know, this is the direction that the game industry might be going down down towards. The game, this is me theorizing, but I feel, I feel like at some point the game companies and game industry needs to talk to these, these companies, these internet providers. Because one cannot be without the other in terms of what the internet can provide, especially with these data caps. And the more games that are much more in higher uh, space-wise, I feel like at some point, like these these game companies need to talk to these inner providers and say, like, hey, like we need to, we need to discuss this because how how we're gonna handle it? <laughs> like how exactly? I mean, don't get me wrong. Like there there are some uh, internet providers that provide unlimited uh, internet uh, for a for a high price, um, and you don't have to worry about it, but. That is something going to be consistently be a problem for a lot of people who who can't afford it. Um, and then in chat, uh, D Django put in chat. I honestly don't see the infrastructure oh, getting just, better. Just pronounced Django, by the way. Oh. Just to throw them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did the same thing. Trust okay. me. <laughs> gotcha. Django says I honestly don't see the infrastructure getting better in the short term enough to meet the demand of a service like this. And you're right. I, I think so. Like I, I at the moment. Uh, it can be done, but I don't. It, 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 can it meet to the standards a lot of people hope so? I don't think so. God damn it, Ryan! <laughs> Thanks to Anthony. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just yeah. I, I really hope that Google can throw a wrench into the gaming market by saying like this is what we should be doing, and that people kind of follow suit. Um, I really hope so because there's a lot of there seems to be a lot of like tension and strife, and I think again I still feel that Microsoft and Nintendo are making the right steps. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think PlayStation's like they're still stuck in their ways. Yeah. Um, if we can move towards that one console future, that would be fantastic. But maybe Google can 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 initiate that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think that controller is garbage looking by the way. The controller was terrible. I'm very curious to see how it feels, honestly. I'm very curious how it feels. The one thing I do want to bring up and it, and I some something I talked about last last week is that I'm very curious to see what Google Google does because I'm pretty sure in years prior past, especially with Microsoft, people doubted Microsoft they didn't think that they're going to do well in the game industry. When they look at Microsoft entering the game industry, they're like, what have they done? They've made Microsoft Word, made Microsoft, you know, OS, PC. Like, how the hell, what did, what did they know about the game industry? And then, lo and behold, they made the Xbox and its legacy right now with the Microsoft Xbox console. Um, so, the same thoughts, I'm pretty sure, are going through a lot of people's mind with Google. Can Google do the same thing? Can Google go in and make, and, you know, break shit up and become Google a... Has a- I also think Google has a bit of a, 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 a more forward leg than Microsoft did at that point. Yeah, because Google has a, a pretty damn foothold on on part of the internet. Uh, YouTube. Well, mobile, mobile games is a yeah. big aspect. So Absolutely. I think they see that. Like, you know, people argued, oh, Microsoft has games on their Windows platform, but it, this is a bit different. You know, this, this is a bit, a bit of a different situation. So I think, I do think that Google has a better understanding than microsoft but they could be also too ambitious so there's 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 a lot of avenues that this could take so i'm interested you said it's on the night there or at least the eclipses on the 19th yeah so it's going to be uh yeah it's going to be oh well i was gonna say next week but uh, it's going to be actually yeah next week next tuesday exactly next tuesday so we'll, we'll definitely get to find out pretty soon i'm me and greg will be keeping an eye on this closely there's a lot of things at gdc that's going to be insane that's going to be talked about so all right moving on to our next topic at hand uh so uh valve just 
just so you guys know, there's a word that's going to be in this article frequently. <laughs> this is reported off TheVerge.com, uh, written by <coughs> Nick Stat. Valve says they won't publish a game about raping women after significant discussion. Uh, Valve has, last has at last responded to a mounting controversy concerning an indie game designed entirely around the violent sexual assault of women. The statement posted on the Steam blog earlier today. Just FYI, it's not the video you're thinking of. I just put Night Trap on here just in a related thing uh, because that was a game that... Uh, change yeah we, we get it we get yeah okay it. Get it. just yeah just want to point it out it's not the game i'm talking about um <laughs> <laughs> um valve <laughs> valve has at last responded mm. to a mounting controversy concerning an indie game designed entirely around the violent sexual assault of women this statement posted on the steam blog earlier today makes clear that Valve will in fact not distribute the visual novel which was called Rape Day and scheduled for release in April through the company's Steam Direct Distribution Channel. The declaration marked a quizzical few days of silence from the video game developer and marketplace owner, which has taken varying occasionally radical stances to modernization on Steam in the past few years. In a policy change announced last year, Valve said it would let basically anything onto the platform so long as it was not illegal or very obviously trolling to elicit negative reactions from the general public. So far, the only category to meet that definition included visual novels and other games featuring sexual exploitation of children, which Valve banned last December. In this case, Valve says Rape Day possessed unknown cost and risk, which clarifying which, it, uh, which rule it broke. Here's Valve's full statement, uh, which I'll read just part of it. But over the past week, you may heard may have heard uh, about a game called Rape Day coming soon to Steam. Today we scheduled not to distribute the game on Steam, given our previous communication around who gets to be on the Steam store. We think that this this decision warrants further explanation. Much of our policy around what we distribute is and must be reactionary. We simply have to wait and see what comes to us via Steam Direct. We then have to make a judgment call about any risk it puts to Valve, our developer partners, or our customers. After significant fact-finding and discussion, we think Rape Day possesses unknown cost and risk, therefore won't be on Steam. This is a, this is a no-brainer, obviously. No-brainer uh, by Valve. You don't you 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 go in there and you say no to this game, <laughs> rape day yeah. Um, so one of the things they did say last year in in the, yeah, just referencing the article was that Valve was taking a very hands off approach, like don't let anything uh, on Steam because of certain decisions they made in the past where they would allow some games but not others, and people were complaining and there was a huge uproar. Um, most recently with some of the visual novel uh, games and. Um, a, a, I'm gonna say mass access, but a good number of visual novel uh, game developers moving their games to GOG instead of, <coughs> instead of Steam. So at some point, Valve just, just kind of threw up its hands. It's like, you know what? We'll let everything on Steam, but we'll be a hands-off approach. Unless it's stuff like this, which is obvious. Like, you don't publish a game called Rape, Rape Day on, on, the, on, on your platform at all. Like, there are definitely some, some garbage games on Steam. Don't be wrong. Like, there, there still need to be questions regarding how that moderation works. But this is definitely one of those easy slam dunks that Valve needed to do. Otherwise, there'll be more questions and more pressure on them. So, that's... Like, it, it, it... Here's the thing, is that it's... To me, to me, it's very clearly the guy is trying to troll. He's very clearly trying to get a reaction out of people. That was the whole point. And it's a visual novel, so it's not really like a shit ton of coding he has to do. Um, very easy game to make. If it was more of a, I don't know, let's say a third person or first person type of game where you went around the, you know, apocalyptic world doing this, then I'd be like, okay, maybe it's less of a trolley thing, but this is totally a trolley thing. Um, uh, that being said, like, in what world do you have a game that is entirely focused on raping women and go, well, that's just censorship. That's just censorship. 
No! That's not just censorship, you absolute ignoramus. Yeah. There's so many more levels to this than you fucking can possibly imagine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, oh, what about this visual novel where a guy's just trying to get with girls? He's not raping them. Yep. Hey, like, period. One of the things I want to point out was the creator himself um, said that um, he do, he doesn't plan to attend the, to release this game at some point if it's not with Steam with other, with other platforms, which I doubt that will happen, um, or out there somehow. So, um, and, he, and he and he posts this like he the, the whole controversy and everything. He views it as dark humor, which I laugh and point at because uh, yeah. If you think dark, if you if you see raping, raping women as dark humor, uh, I got another thing to tell you, buddy. <laughs> right, right. Dark humor. Dark humor is somebody dying in an ironic sense. That's dark humor. Um, a woman being raped is not funny. Uh, here's a joke for you. Here's an old joke. This joke has existed for years. Um, uh, rape is only funny if it's done by a clown or what the fuck ever. Um, that joke has a layer of, oh, it's, you know, it's, you know, rape's not funny, but because there's a clown in the sense of the scenario, it becomes comedy, but it's, it's offbeat comedy. It's, that's dark comedy. The, the, the joke in that part, the, the part that's funny about that is not the person being raped. So you see how that works. You see how comedy has that has that detachment from the bad thing to make the thing funny? You see how that works, asshole? Yeah. You weren't making the detachment. You were just making it a thing about rape. That's not inherently funny, you idiot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that this was a pretty obvious decision that Valve needed to make. Um, Do I have to create a talk about how comedy works? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, this is definitely something that Valve needed to make, and um, I think that yeah, basically about basically about it. But yeah, don't do this. If you're if you're listening at home and, you're, and you are a game developer and thinking about doing something like this, just don't do it, please. <laughs> Have your thing. There are plenty of films. There are movies, TV shows. I said movies and films, same thing. Um, and other video games that have stories that involve rape of some kind the difference is is how the story handles that so in grand theft auto you'll find out a guy raped a girl and you usually either kill the guy or beat the shit out of him that's the point that's how grand theft auto functions um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. actually there's a whole there's a whole plot line in red dead redemption 2 where you have to like you essentially torture a guy for doing that um, like you lasso him and drag him to a distance and then time to the train tracks. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> but, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable to me that somebody would think this is fine. And then it's unbelievable to me that people are starting to cry freedom of speech or whatever. When no, no. it comes to this sort of thing, first off, we, we go through this every fucking time, freedom of speech protects you from being arrested by the government for what you say. That's all freedom of speech does for you. That's the only thing that it protects you from. Valve, being an independent company in this consumer world that we live in, has every right to refuse service and to get rid of something at their own leisure. This is not this is not a, a, a breach of freedom of speech. This is not silencing or censorship. Well, I mean, it is, it is to an extent censorship, but it's on their own discretion. And if they decide to censor thing on their own discretion, discretion, you go, oh, I guess what? Oh, well. And you move on with your life. But if your reaction to rape game is, well, it deserves to be there, then you don't deserve to breathe. Full yeah, on. Absolutely. I echo that. It's starting to sound fucking rough and shit, but Jesus Christ. Absolutely. As uh, Django put in chat, um, freedom of speech does not grant freedom from consequence. So... It's just, it's just crazy to me that there's this whole fucking, like, there are there are monsters in this world. Like, legitimate, mm. horrible, horrible people. Yep, yep. And with the internet becoming what it is, I'm almost to the point where I'm like, yeah, we need net neutrality. Hold on, like, 
it, it's it's I'm I'm joking. That's a joke. It was not serious. Just to clarify, I know that didn't sound like a joke because when I said it, it come off as the joke I wanted it to be. Right. But right. Uh, it's a real issue. Like, there's a bunch of other things I'm not going to go into that I found out about recently that I was like, no. Um, like, uh, oh, I don't know. How about on Instagram, kids' videos? I'll just leave it at that. I think you can fill in the blanks there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, the second I heard about this, I was like, "Yeah, I hope Valve gets rid of it." Because either, either, either A, it's intentionally trolling, or B, it's a game <laughs> where the intended goal is to rape women. Done, gone, out. Bye. You can have heavy things in your themes in your game as long as it makes sense to the fucking story. Absolutely, absolutely, fucking lutely. All right. Ugh, sorry. Okay. No, that's all right. That's right. Get you warmed up for the last uh, of your topic. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the next topic at hand. Um, talking about EA. They've been, been in, in the news recently. Um, but specifically for this one, this is reported off of news uh, off of GreenmanGamingLimited.com. Uh, EA to skip press conference at E3 2019. It's written by Steve Boxer. Electronic Arts has revealed that it will not hold a customary press conference at this year's E3 show. For the past three years, EA has not had a stand at the leading the video game. Hang on. EA has not had a stand at the leading video games show. Instead, pointing uh, uh, instead of opting to hold its own EA Play events before and during E3, but until now, it has held a press conference. In a statement, however, the company said. It all starts this year on Friday night, June 7, 2019, with the all-new EA Play kickoff event. We're skipping the press conference this year, and we're replacing it with multiple live streams that will air during the two, first two days of the event, bringing you more of what you uh, what you told us what you want. More gameplay and insights from the teams making the games. This year, EA Play will run from June 7th to the 9th, whereas E3 itself will run from June 11th to the 13th. EA added, Weekends are meant for play, and this year we moved to EA's Play Fun Fast, Fast, um, Fan Fest, sorry, uh, <laughs> to Saturday, June 8th and Sunday, uh, June 9th, where players will get hands-on with our games. We'll also continue, uh, we'll also have content creators streaming live from our Creators Cave and the Hollywood Pendulum uh, providing gameplay content for our players viewing online. EA.com will be the home for all online EA play content. Players can get behind the scenes with our games via exclusive gameplay reveals, developer talks, and breaking news. Uh, so EA is skipping the press conference for this year, but they're still having their EA play, which would be free to attend and people to check out some of their games. Um, this when this happened people started to question a little bit about e3's relevance um and the conversation kind of came up again as, as far as you don't need e3 to make your own events you don't need e3 to kind of self-promote yourself you can do it at any given time as long as you have a a stream um, or what have you to showcase your event and people will flock to th to that thing or to the stream uh, and the news media wheel will revolve around you for that day or week, however long that will be. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And Nintendo, Nintendo was like, "Hey, we got this. We're going to show you guys what it's all about," and they did it, and it worked. Yep. And everyone's following suit. Yep. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if, Nintendo, if PlayStation kind of does something soon similar. Well, they did. Maybe they're, they're, they're not. They're not. They're not being E three this year. No, no, no. But I mean, doing a um, a video showcase thing. Oh, I see. Before, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. <coughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, so far this year, so to be uh, EA will be there showing off games, um, but not having a press conference. So there's still be attendance, but no press conference for EA. No press conference. No press conference for Sony, um, which I'm assuming they're gonna have it at PSX if there is gonna be one this year. And um, there's going to be, uh, yeah, Nintendo is still going to be there, but like the Nintendo Direct, which will be in lieu of a, of a press conference as they used to have it back in the day. So it's, one of the things I took away from this is that 
um, speaking on the E3 side, like I think that it's going to be interesting to see how it's going to evolve. If we see more and more companies doing this, it kind of makes you wonder like how long of a life, a lifespan does E3 have left? Um, if more and more companies are going to plan to do this and just skip the whole bullshit. So, so here's the thing. I don't think E3 is going anywhere. I think E3 is here to stay. However, I think E3 press conferences might be ending. Yeah, that could possibly be it. It could be because, they'll be there showing the games, but the, the press conference may not happen. Right. I was say the, the 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 guest conference part makes a fuck ton of money, not just for E3, but like for the event, for the stores and businesses around mm -hmm. in LA during that time. Like it's insane. So E3 ain't going anywhere. Yeah, but. You know, more and more of these development companies are figuring out that having a press conference doesn't help anything. It doesn't really do much. Like, yes, you want some game announcements. You want people to be hyped for a game. But go to the extent of, like, <coughs> showing just a little bit. You know, don't show too much. Don't, you know, like, one of the big things that I constantly say to people is that if you watched a... If you watched a very early build of a game and it looked really pretty and everything was like perfectly choreographed in the in the gameplay demo that you saw at E3, just take it with a grain of salt. Always take that with a grain of salt because the final product will never look like that. Absolutely. Um, there are full disclaimers on their trailers saying like this is a work in progress. May not be the full representation of the game when it comes out. Guess, guess what my why you're wrong's about. Um... <laughs> But uh, uh, I think developers are starting to see more and more of that. And I think that what we need to do, and EA, EA actually got a full dose of this with Apex Legends, but what we need to see more and more of is just like brief announcements months before the game comes out, like two trailers max, and then the game comes out. That's it. Don't build too much hype. Build just a little bit of hype. Maybe if the internet builds more hype on top of that, that's their that's their issue. But don't keep building the hype. Don't intentionally try to get that hype machine going, because nine times out of ten, it, it'll just <clears throat> they won't go anywhere. The thing you that know, I think I think my my the reason I mention this is because look at look at Anthem. Now Anthem has its problems. I'm not throwing that out there, but Anthem is not the game that they showed when they first showed it, right? Mm -hmm. The very, very first 2014, like, gameplay demo they showed looks kind of like the final game, but not quite. Mm -hmm. And, um, and a lot of people like to throw this out there as if it's a thing. And I, and, 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 and then after that, they kept, like, showing more, and they had demos, and they showed it all the time, and they were just like, Anthem, 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 Anthem building this like huge thing so people got it in their minds it was supposed to be this like massive massive just earth-shattering game and it wasn't it was a fun game to play it was another game <coughs> i love anthem I, I i i think the game's great sure it needs work but there's reasons behind that i'm not gonna get into um but look at other games that didn't build that kind of hype. There are games that have come out in the past couple months that built a little bit of hype, then didn't say anything until the game was about to come out, then the game comes out, and it does great. Devil May Cry 5 is a perfect example of that. Mm -hmm. like, the hype was built, but not to any extent that EA was doing it for Anthem. But then look to even a further extent. Look at Apex Legends. Mm -hmm. Like, you can do this without killing a game with hype. There is a very strategic way to showcase your game and make the game look good. Um, the term I like to, to put out there, uh, less is more. Um, and and that definitely, uh, in the situation of like Apex, you know, that is definitely a, a prime example of, of what that is. Um, and the more times you show a game, you kind of run into the situation where, okay, if you show me kind of these different scenarios i have a good idea what the game's going to be but at some point the question will then come up like when when's the release date you know like what 
what what why is this section the different section better than the last one to convince you to get the game if you haven't been convinced to get the uh, get the game off it the initial idea for the first one or two trailers I feel like at that point like that it is it is a very tricky situation if you are the game company to really yeah yeah I, well, I, think, I think another another big aspect is is um a really, really, really smart way to build hype for a game or build interest in a game is uh, the new form of advertisement: YouTube and Twitch. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, you are the uh, winner. Like, I have been watching a few streamers play Division Two. I played the demo. Wasn't that impressed? Watching them play it, I'm like, I kind of want to play it now. Like, I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Like, I wasn't at all hyped for Devil May Cry Five, but now I want to play because I've watched people play. Like, <clears throat> it's crazy. It's really crazy that this is the new form of advertisement, and and that's why I think people say E three is on its way out. I think if I I legitimately say this, dude, if these companies stop doing uh conferences and just had what basically the nintendo treehouse is mm-hmm. way different story i think you're right i think you're right just want to also add in before we close this section out and move on to your segment greg is that i think ea i think this is a good move for ea because obviously a lot of heat is on them right now for what seems to be like a good year and a half <laughs> and uh I th- well, it's, it's 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 weird because you're not wrong about the heat, but there's also like a lot of low heat because of, of Apex Legends. Yeah, that is very true, very true. Um, I think that I don't think that that's the reason why they skipped the, the press conference. I I, I I seriously doubt that. But it, oh, I think, it, I think they're skipping it because of last year's. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I can see that. Yeah, and the feedback they got from that. Um, I think it, it is. Uh, I, I believe, you know, and maybe doing it on purpose, but I think that indirectly, this is the probably the best thing they can do right now, PR-wise. Just like, hey, don't do press conference. Hear the games. Come by. Check them out. Play them. See for yourself. We're not going to announce anything. We're not going to do anything that may ruffle some feathers. So, EA is, is going that route, which I think they need to lay low just for a little bit. Uh, yeah. But yeah, with that... You know what time it is, guys? Do you know what time it is? Well, I will tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for another segment of Why You're Wrong with Greg Teets. Hey, guys. So my throat's a little uh, dry because of the uh, cold that I have. So if I, like, pause, take a drink of water, you know why, which I'm going to do right now. So as you heard in the last segment... A lot of people take what they see on a, on, a, on a conference demo as the gospel for what the game will, the final game will be. I see these videos on YouTube occasionally that are like the difference of what the game looks like at release versus what it looked like three years ago when they showed it for the first time when it was like two years in development. This bothers the shit out of me because you don't know what goes into game development if you are making that comparison. That, what you saw was a scripted and animated video to give you an idea of what they want for the final game, not what the final game will be. You are, you are, every time you do this, you are taking what you see as the final product, when literally they usually start with, this is not a representative of the final product. Nine times out of ten, this stuff is changed. and it needs to be changed whether it needs to be scaled down whether it's a situation where it just it has to look different because of of quality issues you can't expect every demo that you see on that stage to be what the final game will look like especially when it's not a person playing the game 
when you when you do this sort of thing, you put a lot of pressure on people trying to make these games. You are that guy, like you know how you had that you had that job, right? You had that one job where your boss constantly hounded you. You thought you you know you worked your ass off, you did a good job, and at the end of the day, you were like, "Man, I'm exhausted. I did a really good job." And then the boss goes, "No, you didn't. Here's a bunch of shit you didn't do. Not appreciative of the stuff you did good." That's what you're being. At the end of the day, you are being that boss to these de- game developers. And you're okay with it because you don't see them face to face. You just play the final product. It's fucked up. It's completely fucked up. This is why I hate people like Angry Joe and Jimquisition. Because they don't care. They care about their pockets. And as long as they can shove someone else down the garbage chute for their opinion and their, their videos, they'll do it. And it bothers me. It bothers me a lot. I hate the term uh, lazy dev. There's no such thing as a lazy dev, especially not at a AAA studio. Especially not at a AAA studio. If you think that devs are lazy, if you think that there's a problem in this field, then get into the field. Because I promise you, your opinion will change significantly. Or for at least, for fuck's sake, listen to a goddamn game dev. Someone who actually codes and programs things. Not like a tester. Not someone sitting behind a desk creating the story. Like to the people who are actually programming the shit that you get to play. You know, somebody goes, oh, this is a new thing. This is a new problem. No, it's not. Do you remember before Sunshine came out? Before Sunshine came out, the game was called Mario 127. And the idea of the game that they were going to release was that you make copies of Mario. And that it was supposed to withstand a lot. And they had a few uh, tech demos of Mario 127. Or, I'm sorry, 128. My bad, 128. <laughs> 64 doubled is the thing. <clears throat> Guess what happened? That didn't come out. Sunshine did. So it's not a new thing. Not by a long shot. So this E3, this upcoming 2019, if you're listening to this podcast and you listen to me do this show, whether it's on YouTube, whether you're my friend, if you're watching E3 2019, and you see a game that they announced for the first time, and it looks gorgeous. Scale your expectations back about 10 times. Because that's usually what the game will look like when it comes out. And that's not on game devs. That's just on the state of how things are. Don't Take everything you see at E3 with the utmost 100% certainty that that's what it's going to look like. I guarantee you that trailer that we saw last year at PS4 or the play the Sony demo for Psycho or CCACO, whatever the fucking the Samurai game is, I guarantee you the final game will look different. Guarantee you. So don't, don't compare stage demo to the final release. Because when you do that, that's why you're wrong. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen, while you're wrong with Greg Dietz. I will add to that. Um, if, if you, if you want to see, uh, I highly recommend it for those listening or watching, um, if you want to see what that process is of why a game dev needs to make a demo for E3 and how it's a slice of what the game could be in the future, um, check out the Halo 2 documentary. Or, or, or yes, yes, thank you, Anthony. They they uh, they go behind the scenes on on the whole process of Halo 2, but like they specifically like went into the process of making a slice for E3 on how hard that was and how. That is a version of the game that's not even fully completed yet. So, yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. I hi- also, it's a very good documentary. I highly, highly recommend it. It's 
that's very good. Yeah, I totally fucking forgot about that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good one. Just go into like what you know, what like those people who made that E3 demo, mm -hmm. and the fact that it's not in the game at all. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I guess those two games are different. Psychrio uh, or Sikrio, and then Ghost of Tsushima. Just... Yeah, they're both very different games. Um, similar, but different. Psychrio is a go uh, Dark Souls type of game. Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima looks to be right. like Ghost of Tsushima looks to be a um, more more of a true to form what a, what a samurai movie would be, or kind of like real to form samurai. Right, so I guess I guess I should have said that the ghost ghost of Shishima is not going to look like what the stage demo looked like. Exactly. Look exactly. I mean, even look at let me look, look at fucking Spider Man for Christ's sake. Like people were pissed off that like puddles were. Oh in the game god, that was hilarious. It's it's like, dumb, but it's hilarious. <laughs> I just that's that's my point. Like I just don't understand why you do that. If you know that that's the case, if you play games for more than ten years, you know that's the case. What is wrong with you? I don't know, man. I don't know. With that, we have come to the conclusion of our podcast and our new date and time, Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Um, and this is going to be our new home, unless something happens. Tuesday, we have to move, move the podcast yet again to another date and time. But for now, it is on this date and time. So, before we go, Greg, where can I find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at ChubbRockGeek, and you can tell me why I'm wrong there. I will happily discuss with you anything about my opinions on the show. If you disagree with them wholeheartedly, that's great. Uh, even in the pre-show, if you disagree with me, let me know. Um, I'm also on uh, Instagram and YouTube and uh, Facebook as Chub Rock Geek. Actually, YouTube is Chub Rock Geek channel. If you search Chub Rock Geek, you'll find me. Um, but I also do a weekly show with my buddy Josh um, called All Cued Up. Uh, every other week we do a review where we watch two shows in their entirety on, on a streaming platform, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, what have you. And we give our thoughts and opinions. Um, this last week we did, uh, um, drawing a complete blank on the two shows we did. Oh, it was, uh, Russian Doll, uh, which is a short mini series. I don't know if they're going to do a season two. I can't imagine how they would do a season two, but whatever. And uh, on the Flat Earther documentary, Behind the Curve. I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about the Flat Earther. Um, it's that cool. very entertaining. Like, very fucking entertaining. But, yes, yeah, so we did a review on both of those. And then uh, um, uh, this week, this upcoming Friday, you'll be able to hear a new episode of Uninhibited where Josh and I discuss whatever's on our mind, what our li you know, where our lives are and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we also wanted to do uninhibited because the, the issue with getting guests on the podcast, because uh, we want more people to join us. We want more discussion with different people. But the problem with getting more guests on the podcast, on the regular podcast, is that there's a bit of an undertaking with watching two shows in their entirety in two weeks. Um, especially if the show has like 13 episodes of an hour apiece. And if you have a regular life where you play video games and watch other things or just have a job, it's hard to do that. So... Um, we don't get very many guests on the show. Uh, yeah, it's called Behind the Curve, Freeman. Definitely recommend it. Um, but uh, Uninhibited allows us to have people on as guests because they get to come on and do you know say whatever they want. There's no, there is no preemptive preamble thing. It's just having a discussion. So it's a lot of fun. But yeah, so that's weekly. AllQueueUpPodcast.com or wherever you find your podcast at. Um, and I also stream on Twitch occasionally. I haven't been on there in a hot minute because life. But uh, I'm hoping to start streaming again soon-ish. We'll see. But if you want to follow me on Twitch, it's at uh, twitch.tv slash chubrockgeek. Basically, search chubrockgeek, you'll find me. It's pretty simple. That's right. You heard the man. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Defect of Naruto, where you can tweet at me, whether it's angry or boogie, tell me I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, you can uh, follow me there. Uh, you can follow the work we do at MissionStarPodcast.com, where we post all sorts of content, uh, pretty much anything we want at this point. 
well, for the most part, within means. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, we post content on the website. Also, all of these uh, sections we do on this podcast will be up on our YouTube channel every week. Uh, starting, what's today, Tuesday? Starting tomorrow, um, which will be going up uh, each day, leading up into the very next podcast uh, live stream on Tuesdays now. Um, so, with that being said, thank you all for watching. Again, thank you, reminder. Thank you for the um, uh, sub earlier, uh, the Fryman14 for that, as well as those who are in the chat right now. Thank you guys for watching, and we will see you guys next time.